Yo, welcome to another episode of Press Play with Augie and Riz. I'm Augie. Hey, and I'm Riz. This is a weekly podcast where we, two guys who may or may not be experiencing cabin fever, talk about <laughs> movies, TV, music, or anything we think you guys might like to listen to. Please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram at Press Play AR. That's Press Play AR on Instagram. On today's show, we're going to discuss Dr. Sleep and continue our tribute to Fiona Apple and talk about her second album, When the Pond. This episode, like all of them, comes attached with Six Degrees of Separation and our Fact of the Week. Really? Yeah. But first, quick news. So, as the world keeps learning about the pandemic that's going on uh the movie industry is continuing to to be hit hard with with what's going on and that involves more pushbacks from more movies and more studios calling calling a halt to it well ultimately it, it will uh it will end up balancing out because everything that's being pushed back now is going to end up taking the place of stuff that's getting pushed back, you know, being made. Yeah. So what are the the movies that have recently halted production? Uh, Matrix 4, Uncharted, which is the one with uh, Tom Holland. Oh, they, they did end up casting Tom Holland in that? Yeah. God help us. I know. Avatar, Fantastic Beast 3. No! The Batman. No! Cinderella. Eh. Which is a Sony one with Camilla Cabello and Billy Porter playing uh, the fairy godmother. Okay. Oh, oh, aw. <laughs> the Little Mermaid, uh, Home Alone, Minions, and Netflix, CW, and FX all ordered to halt productions from all of their TV series that are currently being filmed. Or, which, in this case, not being filmed. Which makes sense because, you know... We don't want to infect people, you know, yeah. so we should be, you know, staying home and social dis- social distancing. Um, I, I think I mentioned that I am working every other day from home. I just got my schedule and I'm uh, I'm going into the office on Tuesday and Thursday and they're keeping from what I understand, like a skeleton crew of 10 people on a rotating schedule. So, uh. I mean, if any one of those 10 people get the virus, hey, man, why not? Yeah. Uh, but I don't know how far it has to go. The mayor has been self-quarantined for the past three weeks. And he's he's sitting there, you know, every day, you know, taking more stuff away. It's like, you know, just go all the way. I'm sorry. We, if we have to be in quarantine, if it keeps rising, it's going to ultimately be, be us being under lock and key in our house not like yeah physically but it, it has to happen for this to to slow down we, what about you what about your work uh they told us that they're going to be closed on fridays from now on uh so working monday through thursday that's right i did hear I, that the virus does hit worse on friday so <laughs> that makes sense i guess you know it's like the meme that that i saw where they it said that 
my boss is letting me leave at 4.30 instead of 5 because we all know that the coronavirus <laughs> is very dangerous after 5 p.m. It's it's going to get to the point with your job. And, and BTW, you aren't being paid for that, right? Oh, no. And I know a lot of people who own small businesses or work for small businesses that are being laid off because of this of this pandemic that's the, going on. The small businesses are going to close their doors and that's going to be it. They aren't you going have, to be able to open up. Again. You have AMC theaters and Regal Cinema, which are the two closest movie theaters from us, closed down all of their all of their theaters. Uh, so. Everything's closed. Uh, and not not that we would be going out, but we probably would have, you know, gone to a nice social distancing beach had it not been for all the spring breakers that didn't God. give a shit. If and the corona gets me, it gets me, yo. What? It's not going to stop me from partying. This is my 21st <laughs> birthday, and I'm not going to let this get me down. Like, totally. I came with Trisha, and we came to get trashed with or without the coronavirus. So thank you. Uh, <laughs> for us. For shutting down all our beaches. I mean. Yeah, you said that they went to Hallover, and they completely trashed it. Yeah, that was apparently the. I, I was talking. I, I remember talking on the phone with my mom, and and she's she went to she shouldn't have, but she went to her aquafit class, and the coach was saying that you know even though all the beaches are closed, Hallover's still open, and she's been taking her ten year old kid. Obviously, you know, yeah, not to the naked part. Of, no, um, of course not. And I'm like, my, I just read that they shut it down. Uh, and she's like, no, really? Yeah. She's been going every day. I'm like, yeah, the, the spring breakers, since there were no other beaches open, they all went to that beach and they, tr they fucking trashed it. And now they're apparently going to our sandbars. Now they're, they're going to sandbars. Uh, I Just go home and how, and that's, and that's the problem. They're going to get, end up going on airplanes and infecting more people or traveling you know, by car and going to the rest stops where they will infect more people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they're they're being very irresponsible, and I I don't I don't want to go any further. I don't want to like dive deep and dive too on, deep on into. That. But you know, guys, just stay safe, practice uh, social distance distancing, which has been an integral part. I guess in everyone's life for the past two and a half weeks. Um, actually, as we're recording, there is a guy walking the streets with a face mask on, um, which is something that we usually don't see here. Um, yeah. Um, and, and we went to Family Dollar yesterday, and as we were checking out, there was an old woman that walked in and she went straight to the cashier and she's like, did oh, yes. you, did you get any hand, uh, hand sanitizer? And, and my heart broke, broke, literally broke for her. Um, we're lucky. I think, uh, you know, my job and your job passed out bottles of hand sanitizer yeah. and, and you know, my mom had like a stash. So she gave us each a bottle. So we have, we have it at work and here, but just one bottle each. Um, I don't know. Like, you don't need all that TP, bro. <laughs> and also, I hope um, that in the future, on the other side of this, uh, we as humanity learn something from this. And we see a bunch of stuff that we used to do before 
not take, take it for granted. Not take it for granted, uh, especially us, which is the sole purpose of why we started this podcast was to talk about movies. Um, we can't go to the movies, and we can't experience that until until we all work together and and practice universal hygiene care, so we can defeat this uh, virus. It's um, it's honestly it's tough. I. I, I think I would prefer to be going into work, um, but obviously they, you know, they you don't, even they don't want to, that. to get a haircut. And you, what what were you telling me about it? I, I got an email uh, Friday night saying uh, due to the coronavirus, all hair cutteries are going to close, you know, indefinitely on Saturday at seven o'clock. And I'm like, damn, I got to go get my fucking haircut. Uh, before it closes, because I already have a, I already have a fro, you know. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm like, okay, and and like there was normalcy about it. Driving over there, I'm like, this, this is like probably going to be my last chance of normalcy, you know, for a few months, and you know, proper grooming. And I got there, and the lights were de- were off, and there was a sign on the door. They had already shut down, and yeah. And I, I like I went I went back to my car dejected, and I'm, and I'm like I don't I don't know what to do. Well, we hope that together we can come out of this. We're gonna go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll be back with our review of Doctor Sleep, which you guys voted for. Yay! Hey, welcome back. So Saturday to Sunday, I posted a. Vote on two movies that you rented for us, which was Dr. Sleep and Rocket Man. And we asked our followers to vote which one you guys want to hear. And out of 74% of the vote, you guys voted for Dr. Sleep. Sweet. So just make sure you guys continue to follow us on Instagram at Press Play AR. We are very lively over there. Um, so you can join in on the fun and participate in shit like this. Yeah, uh, Doctor Sleep is another uh, movie that I really wanted to see in the theater, but there was just too much going on. I guess. I mean, it, you think of what what what's going on in November, Thanksgiving, preparing for uh, um, Christmas and all that shit, and then a, a shitload of movies end up coming out, and you just sort mm-hmm. of miss some. Mm-hmm. So it was released November eighth, twenty nineteen. The budget was forty five million, and it grossed worldwide seventy two million, which isn't that great. Yeah. Uh, the director was Mike Flanagan, who directed Haunting on Hill House, and the cast includes uh, included includes Ewan McGregor, Rebecca Ferguson, Kylie Curran, Emily Allen Lind, Cliff Curtis, and Carl Lumbly from Alias. You Alias fans. Uh, the synopsis, years following the events of The Shining, a now adult, Danny Torrance, must protect a young girl with similar powers from a cult known as the True Knot, who prey on children with powers to remain immortal. Um, and, well, I don't know if I should get to the interesting fact. I might as well, uh, I watched one of the extras and... It was with Stephen King and Mike Flanagan, the director of this, mm-hmm. and it was about how it's a sequel, how it's an adaption of the book, a faithful adaption of the book, but also a, a faithful adaption or sequel to um, 
Stanley Kubrick's The Shining because uh, the um, Dick, uh, the act uh, played by Carl Lumley, mm -hmm. he died in the sh in Stanley Kubrick's the movie The Shining, but he survived uh, the Stephen King's book. Yes. So in Doctor Sleep, he's alive. Okay. Uh, the the book version of Doctor Sleep, he's alive. Um, and then, um, in the movie version, the the book version of The Shining, uh, the hotel burns down at the end, and in the book version, uh, it's burnt down already. So, in the movie version, the way that they handled, you know, Dick, obviously being dead was all his scenes were the same except now he's a ghost now danny can talk to him with the shining still as a ghost mm -hmm. but they said that in the like in the book it's almost exactly the same scenes except in the he's alive okay so they were able to connect it that way and oh, and okay. and we'll get to the ending uh after i don't want to you know spoil our spoiler review spoiling review so uh, how does the movie begin? Um, well, I would like to first off start off by saying that I did not like The Shining. I thought it was super overhyped for some reason. And I guess I would be in that group with Stephen King who didn't like it. Uh, we watched it that one night with Brenda and with Ethel. Hi, Brenda. Hi, Ethel. Um, and I really did not like it at all. Um, and, and, you know, you, you get movies like these that, that are like, that are so famous, I guess. And like, after 40 years, you hear something about it, hear something about it, hear something about it. And like, it's hard for, for it to live up to your expectations. It's the expectation game. Correct. And I want to point out that I'm not downplaying who is the actress's name? In which in, one? In The Shining. Oh my god. Well, her acting or Jack Nicholson's acting. I just didn't like the the movie as a whole, I guess, or you know, and that's fine. The final thing or, or I don't know. Whatever. So, this movie takes place uh Dan is is an adult and he is an alcoholic and he is like going through a lot of bullshit and he decided to just start like new from his life uh, and he found this small little town in New Hampshire and he befriends a man uh, that is played by Cliff Curtis from Walking Dead uh, the the spinoff series, and uh, Fear of the Walking Dead. He's also in Avatar. That's right. Um, and uh, Cliff's character, I can't remember his name. He basically sponsors him. Yeah. He finds him a place to live. He finds him a job. For $38 a week? That is not that a bad. 85 Oh, it, even better. No, <laughs> 38 is better. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean... Uh, yeah, he, he gets him, he gets him the, the little place to stay, he gets him a job, he gets him into AA, which was very important. Yeah. Because he has become a drunk, like, like his dad. 
and he at this time knows like his ability or his shining and stuff like that but he he really doesn't doesn't grasp it is well it? they they do um like the at the beginning they do kind of like a flashback where they uh recast him as a as a kid and the mom uh and they show how he started, how was he, how he was able to control his shining, Correct. like uh, the ghosts still wanted to feed upon him from from the hotel, and that's so, and oh, that's where Dick comes in in the first part and shows him what to do, yeah, um, to, and it's basically to trap them in a box in his mind, uh, which uh, which was interesting, and he he's able to like. Like all we see is is like the, the woman in in the bath, which is the scariest uh, part mm-hmm. of the original movie. Um, and he shuts the door, and he comes out, and everything's okay. He shut her in a box. Yeah. So um, he grew up, and he um, he ended up in this town. So there's the the whole side storyline about this cult. Um, Oh my god. The cult is called the True Knot, which are like these people who uh are kind of quasi immortal according to to the synopsis on IMDb. Uh they're vampire adjacent. Somewhat like that. And they feed off of like the fear and the the pain from from people, especially those who have the shining. Um, because yeah, and uh, uh, kids who are innocent and it's pure, correct, and so, that too. So if you have those two combination, oops, sorry, I hit my microphone. So if uh, you have those two, ten points from Gryffindor for that one. <laughs> if you combine those two together, I guess it makes them live longer, but they can they can still still die. Um, so they uh, the the true knots. Uh, recruits this young young little blonde girl who kind of can tell people what to what to do um and they, they make her immortal and they make her immortal and that's when uh the character played uh by Kylie Karan Abra comes in who is like this badass shining uh person she has like some really powerful abilities they um maybe in a few years they can do a spin-off with her because holy crap she's a badass character um uh so one thing about this movie is i you don't see like in scary movies or horror movies a lot of um kids being murdered yeah um and if you do it's off to the camera yeah they don't like this was graphic. The this one kid's death, it was graphic. You saw the blood. You saw him screaming, and it was disturbing as hell. And mm-hmm. and this the character uh, Abra, the played by what what's her name? Who we were talking about before? Kylie Karen. She gets like a psychic uh, signal of this kid being murdered, and she goes she she goes out to find uh, Jack for help to. Cause he, she, I don't know if she feels Jack, it. Dan, Dan for help, <laughs> and I don't know if she feels that they're gonna come after her, or she just wants to solve his death. I don't know. 
I think in that part, she just wants to know who those people are because that's why she needed to find uh, his body. Because when she does find Dan, she tells him, I just need to touch his glove and I'll know exactly so where. She, so she can track the the group. Correct. And at that, that time, she finds a connection, a, a, a shining connection to, to Dan uh, through a chalkboard where they communicate. Um, and it was into, into this one scene where uh, Abra is having that that connection where she hits him with the red rum or murder mm-hmm. signal. Yeah. And uh, she gets she gets dropped off from school and she decides to take the bus and use her shining powers to track Dan uh, to help her uh, find this man. Yeah. And at first he's hesitant. But, you know, I think after another visit from uh, from Dick, Mm -hmm. um, who is dead in the movie as he was as he, you know, he got an axe to the back in in The Shining. Thanks, Stanley Kubrick. Uh, And played by Carl Lumley from Alias, Mm. who I didn't recognize at first. Uh, And he's like, you need to help this this girl. You need to you need to face your demons. And so that's when uh, oh, there's an amazing scene where Rebecca Ferguson's character, I forget her name, uh, like Rose the Hat, Rose the Hat psychically locates uh, Abra. Yeah. And she like she like floats into her. Oh, room. my God. That scene was so cool. Keep right? going. And she she basically sees the wall of files, which is in her brain because she remembers everything. Yeah. That's one of her one of Abra's powers. She remembers everything. So she sees, you know, this this thing and she starts going through some files. And then I'm not sure what name was on the file that kind of attracted her to to look into this one drawer. I'm assuming it was Andy. Is it Andy or Danny? Dan. 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 He was always Dan, Danny to me. He's little kid's Danny. Um, So she opens it up and sticks her hand in and all of a sudden it slams on her hand and and you know she's stuck yeah and she starts screaming with pain and what happens and then she kind of like puts a spotlight on her and then goes into her head and does like a abra a switcheroo abra goes into her head and goes into her files and starts going uh really fast to search as much possible information as she can but uh rose the hat has her hand stuck in the filing cabinet and she can't like teleport. She can't whoosh out because she's, she's trapped. And there's that scene where she's ripping her skin off. Cause that was the only way she can escape was to yank her hand off of that. And such a fantastic scene where you see the villain becoming a victim. Correct. Um, and when she, and, and when she first turns around after the spotlight, uh, and Abra is in her her mental superhero state with with the purple hair, and yes. her eyes are like blacked out, and she's badass and yeah. very very X Men type type thing right Correct. there. Correct. Correct. I'm sorry. Go ahead. From there, she swooshes out of there and back into her little hippie RV camp. Uh, from like the group that she's in, and she tells. One of the dudes, like, 
yo, this little girl is some serious crap. Like, I've never felt powers like that before. We have to kill her. And um, in that part, she goes, uh, the movie cuts to Dan and Cliff Curtis's scene where they do, they do dig out the body of the boy because Abra is showing her, showing them where to go. He, she like astro projectiles into where they are, but only Dan can see, can see her, right? Uh, but not Cliff. So yeah, they they on uh, they dig up the 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 kid, unfortunately, and it's it's uh, it's another very disturbing scene because you you see his hand you see his face, his face with dirt on it and it's bugs good lord um but they find the the mitt that one of the one of the cult members was you know, touching. put on so to so they're able to locate them so this little girl side note has like Jean Grey's powers she has rogue's power she has uh Emma Frost's po- power mental power like this person this girl is like super badass she's like an omega level mutant in the x-men world um and at such a young age so brava um so that's uh the next scene begin uh starts off with dan arriving at the girl's house and the dad confronts them and they get into a scuffle and the girl reveals her powers to her father um, because he, you know, the father just thinks some creepy man has been contacting his 13 year old daughter. Yeah. And he's like, get away from my daughter. You're putting weird stuff in her head. So, Which is natural for him to think that way. Of course. Um, and after he realized that she does have the shining, he, he shows her the mitten and mitt. or the mitt. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> baseball mitten is what he thinks it is <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'm gonna knit you a, a baseball knit mitten and um uh, abra's abra tells them hey you know i know where they are uh this is this is them so then dan gets the idea to go back to the hotel no that's uh that's later they they um they basically set a trap for them in the woods. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Where uh, they everyone goes except for uh, Rose the Hat because uh, her wolf or whatever the wolf guy um, believes that you know she he she's been in, in her head that she's weak, so she stays behind and like the seven other cult members go in the Winnebago to a spot in the woods where Abra is sitting there. La la la. Look at me. I'm not worried. So the girl with the suggestion goes up to her and she's like, you you trust me. I'm a friend. And as she goes up, she goes and stabs her in the neck with, you with know, a syringe. with a syringe. To sedate her. And then all of a sudden, you know. It turns into a, a she turns into the bunny. The stuffed bunny. The yeah. stuffed bunny. It was a trick. And they start getting shot at by um, pew, pew, pew. by by Danny and uh, Danny's friend. I forget his name. Cliff Curtis is the actor. Yes. Uh, and one by one, they're killed uh, graphically, and um, and unfortunately, uh, the the suggesting girl, the who's played by Emily Allen Lind. She's cute. Yeah, she's um, very cute. 
uh she she's shot or no she she's getting ready to kill danny but cliff curtis's character saves him at the last second and she starts to sort of melt and smoke and cliff curtis sort of um approaches her and danny's like stay away stay away and she goes kill yourself you know su- you know her power of suggestion and he of course takes his gun and blows his, his own head off unfortunately but i'm sure uh stephen king killed him in the book as well mm-hmm. i like the character yeah me too and i felt like he did had have also the shining maybe uh, or maybe well, he was just a, a good dude he, he was a he he was just a good guy yeah and, I mean, and and that's you know good people shine as well oh look at you yeah uh so that's when um uh abra's like you know because she's still contacting she's back at her house in the, with a psychic connection yeah. to uh danny she's like wait where's wolf we forgot about wolf and then all of a sudden wolf is right in front of her and stabs her with the syringe and her father had been killed her mother's i guess off uh, Which they never explain. No, she's out of town. She oh. went to see uh, Grandma. Remember? Oh, because she, she before she left, she asked Abra, "Is she, is she going to make it through this time?" Because mm. she believes that her daughter has the psychic powers. But that's she was out of town. But the father is, is killed by Wolf, stabbed in the heart, in the chest. Yeah, and um, and that's when Danny goes back, picks her up, and he decides that, you know. Well, wait, no, no. I'm sorry. He Wolf ca- takes her. I'm he sorry. captures her. We see that Wolf kidnaps Abra and takes her uh, in the Somewhere. car, and she starts slowly waking up from from that lethal sedative that she got. And that's when Wolf kind of tells her that her dad dies, and she starts crying, and she goes in and out because she, he gave her a really big dose because she's a very powerful Shining. Yeah, uh, because she she tries to use his pow- her powers on on him, and he's like, "Well, I you know I basically drugged you so you, you know to suppress your powers." Womp womp. Yeah, and uh, Dan wakes up because I guess he gets punched right, and he wakes up. I'm not sure what happens or no he he goes back to his room and he picks up the bottle and he's like wants to drink it because he feels like all hopes are gone and that's it it's fucked and da 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 and he's like no i'm not gonna do it and he slams the freaking bottle on the floor and it breaks in a very dramatic oscar worthy but not really performance (laughs) and he's like i'm gonna use my powers yeah he calls out for 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 Dick, who's no longer the last time he saw Dick, Dick's like, "I'm. Not, this is the last time I'm, you're gonna see me." When he went to tell Dan to go find Abra and to listen to her and to get what she wants, so he he's he basically starts focusing. He's like, "I'm gonna find her," and um, and what happens? And he astro projects wherever Abra is, which is in the van where she's back, and um, she kind of tells. Dan, you know what? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty drugged up. I can't use my body or anything. And he's like, okay, I'm gonna do this trick. I haven't done this before, but it's gonna be awesome. And he's, she's like, okay, sure. So he astro projects into her. He 
Wolf finds out immediately because yeah. of the way that she's talking and she uses the F word. Yeah. And, and she's like, wow, I feel hungover and stuff like that. Yeah. And then Wolf's like uh, reaching to his his gun to kill Abra slash Dan. And Abra's like, you should have worn your seatbelt and does like this awesome like telekinetic thing where she. Well, it's actually Dan. I'm yeah, sorry. All Ab- this is Ab- Dan. Abra couldn't do it, but Dan could. So Dan in this place lifts up the hand and moves the car off road and slams into a tree and Wolf bolts out and fucking crashes through the window and mm-hmm. into the forest where he dies because he's brutally hurt. You know, he just flew out of a... Of a car. And yeah, as, as like, like, you know, when everyone was dying before and when Wolf dies, Rose is psychically connecting to them and freaking out. Yeah. Like, cause she, it's interesting, like the other side of it, you know, her reality is being torn apart by the girl, like to the villain, this little girl is the villain. Yeah. Um, Correct. Which, you know, they, they did a good job with that. I, I, didn't, I never really felt sim- sympathy for her or, or those characters, but they did do a good job of showing that, that other side of it. Correct. Yeah, that I really like that point. Good. Gracias. De nada. <laughs> um, and then she walks, she gets out of the car and she walks until they meet uh, halfway, her and Dan in, in a hotel. And yeah, at a motel, yeah. At a motel, yeah. And they go and decides at that point to go to the hotel, right? Yeah, he decides that, um, you know, she's going to come for you no matter what. She's going to keep coming for you. So let's f- start fighting back. Otherwise, you know, she'll just eventually kill kill us both. So on the way to the, mo- the big hotel, uh, her mom calls her because she gets home and unfortunately her husband's dead. And... She's like, oh, my God, I have to call my da- my daughter. And the phone rings and Den tell- tells her, you have to tell her that you're OK. And it's kind of funny because all she does is she picks up the phone and she's like, hello. And then the mom's like, oh, my God, where are you? She's like, I love you, mom. And then she hangs up and that's it. Um, and then continue. Did they get to the hotel? So, well, the reason oh, yeah, the, the reason purpose. why they were going to the hotel was uh they wanted to try and trap Rose because they knew, obviously, she was coming no matter what. And Danny's like, I know a place where uh, that is as awful as these people and needs to feed off of something. So I want to give them something to feed off of, yeah. which is Rose. Um, so that's why he went to the hotel. Um, and he meets... His dad. He goes straight to to the bar. And this this where I mentioned before uh, the differences between the book and the movie. In uh, Doctor Sleep, the book, obviously the hotel had burned down in Shining, the book. So it, the the entire final act takes place at at a campground where the hotel used to stand. In, mm. in and the difference in the movie, obviously takes place in the hotel i see and the director's vision of that was basically showing stephen king's original vision for the end of shining as the end of dr sleep but also show the end of dr sleep which i found really interesting 
Awesome. So uh, Danny goes, you know, he does some stuff in the boiler room. We don't know what, what he's doing. And he goes to this bar and he's confronted by, uh, like you said, his his father, uh, obviously played by another actor, but, but it, it looks a lot like Jack Nicholson yes. from the first movie. Yes. This was probably the best uh, recast out of all of them. Uh, and... Um, he's he starts going over his past with his dad and you know the the father's the bartender and he's like i don't know what you're talking about i've been here i'm i'm, I'm just the bartender yeah you know stuff like that and he gives him like a drink of of scotch and i guess it's like a a key to a down downward spiral that you know the spirits are wanting him to take but he refuses and he continues his little prep for for trapping Rose the Hat. Yeah. And she does come. Uh, yeah, she does come. And what what happened? Uh, she goes through the hotel. She's confronted by the bloody uh, elevator. And she's like, huh, neat trick. Yeah. And she walks right past it. And she goes to the, to the famous hall uh, where Jack, you know, was writing his script. And it has the steps going up. That's where where the mothers, you know, swung at him with the axe um, and did hit him, but just knocked him out. Well, that's another movie. Okay, so that's where um, they put Rose in, in, in what she thought was Abra's mind, which was the maze. Yeah. And and basically Abra was in there, too, like messing with her. And it was a big trap to try and trap her in one of those boxes. Correct. But she, she, um, she doesn't fall for it, and she figures out that she's in the other mind. She comes out, and um, and there's a fight between her, her and Danny, where he, um, where she, he like hits her with the axe, but then she hits him, and she starts sucking her life force as he's dying. Yeah, because when she snaps out of the maze uh, astro projectile place, she realizes that Dan is a shining that she never met or or felt before, mm-hmm. and was absolutely shocked of how she missed him. Um, and he, like you said, they they get close to each other. He he axe her on the shoulder and she grabs it and turns it around and undercuts him with the axe up against in in his his, hip in yeah his hip and she she nicked his uh from femoral artery a femoral artery is that right which you know you're gonna die no matter what after that and she basically gets on top of him and starts sticking her finger in the wound to get that like the pain Whoa, whoa, deja vu, and then deja vu about having deja vu. Creepy. All right. What? Um, sorry. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> uh, and she's sucking up the pain, and and that's when he basically turns around on her, and and he reveals that this was all a trap. He's and, like, I want you to meet my friends. And he breaks open all the boxes in his head with all the ghosts that he had trapped there from years before. And then all of a sudden, the, the, the creepy twins, you want to play with us forever and ever and ever are there. And all the other hotel people are there. And, you know, they are ready to feast on some they cult hungry. magician rose flesh. So they, they get on top of her. 
and uh, what happens? They finish her off, and yeah. then they dig like their hands in her under her skin, and yep. they start sucking her life force out. Uh, and then how does Dan escape? Because they turn to him they, like, to attack. They they basically turn to him and they they get him, uh, and that's when he's sort of um, sort of possessed by them, and he goes after Abra. Oh yeah, that's right. And Abra runs through the hotel, and she runs to the creepy room with the woman in the bathtub, of all rooms to run into, of yeah. course. Mm. Um, but she's able to get to him, get him out of that trance for a few seconds, and he tells her to run, and she runs out because um, he's because um, he said something like I got something to or do. no, she said that that. You don't know Dan. She's talking to the spirits that are possessing him. Yeah. He took a visit to the boiler room. And she runs out, and the boiler room is, like, boiling over, I guess. and Overheating. And Dan runs down there, and the place explodes, which was apparently Nick uh, Stephen King's original ending for... The Shining. The Shining. And she sees a whole hotel crumble to the ground in a fiery fiery explosion yay and off to the distance you can see the firefighters and police and and all that uh and the movie ends there uh yeah well she has another conversation with ghost ghost danny and she's able to basically um basically come out to her mom you know any any gay person you know would understand that would understand this scene like it it, it, buffy did this you know what i mean where she had to come out to her mom and it was like an allegory to coming out as gay and then two episodes later the most famous line in buffy is is her mom. I I tried to to march in the Slayer Parade, the Slayer Pride Parade. Her mom asks her, "Will you be slain tonight?" And I'm like, "Yes, bitch, she will." Anyways, she be throwing that shit. Anyways, um, and yeah, and the movie ends there. So I, it's quite a universe that Stephen King has created. I hope that he's able to to continue on with Abra because he created an, an amazing character and an amazing universe because apparently there's more of these uh, cult cultish type people out there. Yeah, and there's more people who are who have the shining. So yeah. I liked it a lot even more than I I expected. That was a fantastic movie and I can see them since the movie didn't do that well, maybe they can do a series eventually like an HBO series or something like that. That'll be awesome. Uh, I was really impressed. I'm glad we we watched it. Um, and it, yeah, basically after my haircut misstep, I ended up just going to Publix. And I'm like, I'm getting a red box. <laughs> I was originally going to get uh, the Child's Play remake. Because what the fuck? I went to go rent, like, to see how much it was to rent Child's Play on, like, digital. Yeah. And they didn't have it for rent. They just had it, like, here, buy it for $15. I'm like, I don't want to buy it. I've never even seen it. And I, I looked everywhere, and it was only buy. So whack, whack, I whack. couldn't I couldn't find that at Redbox, so I ended up renting these two movies, which we will watch the other one later, or I will. Uh, what would you give Dr. Sleep rating? Out of five? Mm-hmm. I'll give it 4.3. I'll give it a 4.3 as well. 
Really impressive. Solid uh, movie. Great cast. I the only thing I I really enjoyed that the main villain was a female. The I'm sorry, and I'm sure it was part of the book, but the magician hat looked hokey, and there was like no other way to look at it other than it. And there just was no explanation hokey. on why she was so attached to the hat. Because remember when she was in the grocery store when she met Abra for the yeah. first time, the lady went to grab her hat out of courtesy to help yep. her. She's like, "Don't touch it!" And that happened again a second time later on. It really didn't. That was never explained. Uh, explained, but it's Rebecca probably, Ferguson killed it. No, she's amazing, uh, and it, and I'm sure that's that's explained in in the book. Oh yeah, so go check it out. We liked it. Thanks you guys for voting. T- it was pretty awesome, and we'll see if we vote or we'll review Rocket Man. We're going to take a break. Break time. Awesome, and we'll be right back with our continuation of Fiona Apple Love with her second album, When the Pond. And we are back. So last week we reviewed uh, Fiona Apple's first album title, title, T-I-D-A-L, as in title wave. I always mm-hmm. have to explain that. Yes. So Fiona Apple's second album's title, title, T-I-T-L-E, <laughs> is, takes a deep breath, when the pawn hits the conflicts, he thinks like a king, when he knows throws the blows, when he goes to the fight, and he'll win the whole thing. For he enters the ring, there's no body to batter, when your mind is your might. So when you go solo, you hold your own hand and remember that death is the greatest of heights. And if you know where you stand, then you know where you land. And if you know, and if you fall, it won't matter because you'll know that you're right. Whew. Uh, and, a and abridged is when the pond dot dot dot. You yeah. know? And at the time that that held Guinness's world record of the longest album title at 444 characters, which, you know, anyone can just name their, their album at long. So some random person took that from her. And, it was the Chumbawambas. And then some random person took that from them. It was the Chumbawambas. <laughs> the yeah. Chumbawambas did it again? Yeah. Who currently has the longest title? I don't know. I don't some random know person. now, but it was the Chumbawambas before and after the album was released november 9th 1999 oh, and the so we re- just passed the 20th anniversary yeah amazing and the reason why she wrote this big uh letter or this big title i'm poem. sorry uh was because it was a poem due to a uh bad review that she got from a magazine so the reason why she wrote it is mostly to like prove herself but she says at the end she got made fun of it no matter what people are stupid uh, it came with how many songs? Ten songs and three singles, Fast As You Can, which was released November 20th, 1999, and uh, Limp, which came out in 2000, and Paper, pa- Paper Bag, I'm sorry, it was released as a single on November 22nd, 2000. And Fast As You Can uh, would be the only one that, that really charted. It charted at number 20 at Billboard on the Billboard Modern Rock tr- uh, charts um, Limp I think is my favorite song Which was released as a single And, and had a, a music video But unfortunately I think people were experiencing A Fiona Apple uh, I think people were annoyed with her at that point And after Fast As You Can And then you know her MTV VMA thing I don't know And, and then, the MTV VMAs if you guys don't know She won the award uh, for one of her songs in title, and 
the only sound bit that everyone got from her whole speech was this world is bullshit. Uh, but what she meant was, or what she was trying to say is that the world that sh sh you guys, the fan are looking at the, the artists, the singers, the musician to not model your life to this world, that this world is bullshit. This is like, you know, and a bunch of artists, producers didn't like that or didn't understand the message. And what Fiona Apple was trying to say basically is to just find your own individuality. Right. Um, and to not idolize these these idols, I guess. Right. Uh, and uh, Paper Bag, you, you mentioned, was the third single, which I think is her most popular song among fans that... Or single among fans that didn't chart. Uh, it... Uh, Obviously, I, I unfortunately didn't get a chance to see her uh, in concert back then. But during the tour, it became one of one of the biggest uh, highlights of her concerts. Paper bag. My favorite song from this album is "Fast as You Can," and I want to say it's one of the top songs from her whole catalog. It's oh god, I, you know you 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 get to that they call it the sophomore slump. And she came out with such a strong first single uh, with with that. Uh, and I remember remember hearing it and being like, wow, this is probably better than any of the singles from Tidal. You know, it's just very poppy and very and in your face. And the lyrics are fucking crazy. And her voice goes from deep to like high to back to deep and then fast, 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 fast. And then right in the middle, it just stops. And yeah. it goes into like this soft bom, bom, ballad, bom. and the mood, the the song really talks about how you know if you don't like me for me, you can leave as fast as you can. Yeah. And with the speed of the song and the lyrical uh, play of it, I think it really, really holds it together. Where when it pauses, I think the story that she's trying to portray in this song is like holds up. I'm gonna give you my my bear for just a split second of how i really feel about all this um but then it picks up again and and it says and she continues with well if you don't want me just leave as fast as you can i'll be fine and i really really love love this song and I in wanna, so many ways i want to say that after parting gifts oh my you you, you told me you know, you know, play me some more of her songs. This is before I gave you the playlist, and I said "Fast as You Can," and it, I think "Fast as You Can" was in there. Uh, "Hot Knife" was one of the 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 original songs I showed you. Yes, um, which we'll get to that. That's on her fourth album. Uh, uh, anything we want. Anything we want. Which I'll talk about more about that in the in the next in the yeah. next album. But I want to say these these three singles, the singles from this album, are probably the strong her strongest singles uh, from any of her albums. Paper bag is very smart. It's God, very that, wistfully, that um, and how she yearns for love uh, is is what this song is about and. And I really, really enjoy that song too. Fantastic. Other ones that are on that on that album is "Get Gone." "Get Gone" I think is my favorite uh, non-single. Mm -hmm. Very, very funky. Uh, very like uh, it's it's awesome. Just listen to it. I know. Is I know. An, another is one my of my favorite non-singles. And, and I think it it became 
another fan favorite you you can like sort of figure out the fan favorites by going to youtube and seeing what the fans are covering yeah and this one is covered over and over and over again by fans like similar the karaoke and it was it was recently covered by um king or what's her name i know who you're talking about i can't think of it Uh, yeah this this girl uh covered it recently and fiona apple actually did the backing vocals for it. and that song is pretty much about like this guy doing what he's doing but she knows like what she's what he's up to uh and that she sometimes play aloof hey (laughs) nova is a very vocal pup uh and um at the end she knows uh great yeah. song the, the the best part of, or one of the best parts of, parts about that song is she basically sings this lyric over and over again like you know i know i know i know and mm-hmm. she gets to the end and it's like you don't have to say it and then you know the next line that she's sung before is i know she doesn't even say it because she knows we know what what she knows and mm-hmm. then the music just crescendos out yeah. to the ending. Such such an amazing song. Uh, I honestly, when I originally got this album and listened to it, it was probably every other song that I loved. On the Bound was, wasn't the strongest opening, but it was strong. Limp, Paper Bag, literally every other song. To Fast as love. you can, get your get gone. And then like songs like, a mistake and to your love and i know a mistake is my least favorite yeah they those songs didn't really get to me until years later when i was older and i matured and i was able to like sit down and listen to the music just like title mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh but it's it's such a fantastic album the album peaked at number 13 in the u.s billboard 200 and number one on the u.s billboard top internet album and as of 2015 the album has sold over 922,000 copies in the u.s and a hundred thousand copies in japan both receiving gold and uh there were some awards as well uh it won the billboard music award uh for the music video for fast as you can uh or i'm sorry it was nominated correct yeah uh, and it was also nominated for uh, two Grammys uh, for Best Alternative Album uh, and Best Female Rock Performance for Paper Bag. So, and that's that's one thing. Like, every once in a while, the Grammys will get something right because usually the Grammys just nominate the popular stuff, like stuff that, that are on, on top of the chart. You have a song like Paper Bag, which, you know, didn't really chart that they were able to recognize. So that was, you know... I really like that as well. And as we continue with Fiona Apple, I want you guys to pay attention to the years these albums come out because as this one come out came out in 1999, this was the, I guess, explosion of pop band, pop girl groups. You exactly. have at this... TRL. Yeah, you have TRL, which was uh, mainly Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, the Spice Girls, the boy Backstreet bands. Boys, 98 Degrees, In Sync. So you have this fantastic artist who is really, really good at what she's doing. One of the deepest albums of the year, I'm sure. But at the beginning of the height of this pop, poppy pop band culture that is just waiting for these 
people to consume. And this is when like the music industry is starting to hone in on more of that teen audience because those are the teens that you say that will fucking freak out, throw a fucking hissy fit and like buy all their albums and shit like that. And And like I said, my generation was the Napster generation. So we stopped buying music. We're like, you know, hey, we can just get this all for free on download. And not actually buy the albums. And unfortunately, some some of us still do that. Unfortunately, I don't. I always uh, support my my artists. You you know I support my artists. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> you have <laughs> we'll, like a we'll, whole room dedicated for that. We'll post a picture one day. Holy shit. <laughs> um and but we love this album. It's it's really good. She has mature compared to to title title. Uh, to me, she was being overly artistic, and this one, I think, maybe had a little more, like, record label um, influence, but she was still able to do her thing, you know? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you guys haven't heard any of these albums, I suggest to, or we suggest, to go listen to them. Yeah, Fast As You Can, uh, Get Gone, I Know... Um, paper bag and limp are the strongest. I would say songs. I would say that too. And you know, awesome. Yep. So stay tuned as we continue with Fiona Apple's. Didn't she had um, a B side? You said or what was the the song that she did there, for that movie? Well, I think the only B side. And she she isn't a B side type artist. Like what she fucking records, she she puts on the album. If there's other stuff, she doesn't release. You know what I mean? So I think what ended up being a B side was uh, across the universe, which isn't really a B side. It was released for the Pleasantville uh, soundtrack. soundtrack. It was released in the middle, in the interim between title and when the pond. Okay. Uh, Unfortunately, like a lot of her B sides were like live versions of the songs. Cool. Which cool. Alanis Morissette did for her first album. Uh, I don't think there was a single, single, uh, like full recorded B side. It was all live versions. All right. Nice. So uh, you want to play? Next week, we will be uh, extraordinarily reviewing uh fiona apple's third album extraordinary machine that's the third album i thought that was the fourth album extraordinary machine is the third album uh which has an interesting story because there's actually uh two versions of it i mean one that was commercially uh released and the other which was leaked and we'll we'll get into that because there's a whole history there which i I don't think we'll talk about that nova (laughs) next week not now which I don't think you you know the exact history of that album, so it's yeah. all in my brain because I lived it. <laughs> you know, you don't even need to wiki it. All right, so six degrees of separation. Yep, I'm gonna give you Mindy Kaling and Bette Midler. Alrighty. Um, okay, we should really do something where maybe not a fact of the week. But a random something that you're reading off while I'm trying to think, because this is basically dead air when I'm trying to think of. Sorry, I'm gonna... No. Okay. Uh, 
or 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 like sing a song or your ABC. I'm trying to think. Um. So guys, Miami is currently beautiful right now, but unfortunately, we can't go outside. Can't go outside. Actually, this weekend we were supposed to go to the Keys, and we wanted to share some of the pictures with you guys when we came back. Uh, but the keys are shut down. Yep. So even if we tried to go, <laughs> we would be turned back around. Uh, this shit is bananas, as Gwen Stefani once said. The shit is bananas. B a n n n a a. Did I spell that right? Uh, maybe. I don't think B-A-N-A-N. so. B a n a n. I think I did. Oh well, good job. Um. All right. Uh. Mindy Kaling uh, did the Mindy Project with uh, Chris Masena. Um, Chris Masena, we recently watched in Birds of Prey, uh, the blonde guy. Yes. Who we kind of both fell in love with. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Margot Robbie. Um, Margot Robbie did... Um, the Tanya Harding movie. What was the name of that movie? I Tanya. I Tanya. With Allison Janney, who won an Oscar. I love her. For as for playing her mom. Mm-hmm. Allison Janney, uh, funny enough, is on Mom. With uh, Anna Faris. Holy crap! <laughs> wow. This is this is going to be more than six degrees. Uh, Anna Faris. I just I just rewatched Scary Movie last night and i started to rewatch scary movie 2 this morning while you were sleeping or no was it last night while you were sleeping uh it's so funny because and i don't know if i didn't get the jokes when i was younger because i got i got all the jokes but i guess maybe my sense of humor is is different is different today because i was cracking up i mean they could have done without some of the dirty shit that's in that movie let's be honest but it I, it was funny, or was I? Okay, so Anna Ferris, like I said, uh, did Scary Movie two with Tori Spelling, who also was in Scream two, playing Tori Spelling. Tori Spelling as Sydney. Oh, but I mean, she played herself, and then she played like in a scene in the in the in the stab stab fictional movie as Sydney. Um, she of of course Scream Two also starred Nev Campbell, who was in this movie where she bared her soul and everything else. Uh, this movie, When Will I Be Loved, with a cameo <laughs> by Laurie Singer. <laughs> Uh, who played herself. It was like this fucking weird-ass scene because Laurie Singer, after VR5 was canceled, basically she quit acting to raise her kids. Uh, I think she she had a divorce, and she did a Rick Moranis, basically. Um, and this was one of her first roles that she came back, and I was kind of obsessed with VR5 and Laurie Singer, so I rented this movie, and I got an eyeful of Nev Campbell, and... It was just this weird-ass scene where Nev Campbell's character is walking in a park, and all of a sudden, Lori Singer is there. And her char- and Nev Campbell's character goes up to her, and she's like, aren't you Lori Singer from Footloose? And she's like, yeah, I am. So, how are you? <laughs> like, it was this fucking weird-ass scene. 
But that, okay. Um, so Lori Singer, of course, was in Foot- Footloose with Sarah Jessica Parker, who oh, God. was in Hocus Pocus with Bette Midler. And there you have it. Holy mother, that was a <laughs> lot more than fuck? six degrees. It should have had its own podcast episode. Uh, for the movie Interstellar, uh, the cornfield scenes uh, that needed to be used, Christopher Nolan sought to grow 500 acres of corn, which he learned that it was really feasible to do uh, from doing it in Man of Steel back in 2013. Interesting. After all that, he sold the corn and actually made profit from it. Okay. Did that go back to the studio? Uh, I'm sure either to his pocket. (laughs) I don't know. I'm sure the studio paid for all that corn. I don't know, but that's the fact of the week, and you can do whatever you want with it because it's not mine. It belongs to the children of the corn. (laughs) We have come to the end of this episode, and we thank you for always pressing play. In these times, guys, we are stressing you guys to please wash your hands and practice social distancing, and if you are home, please stay home. Social distancing, stay the fuck away from me. Oh, wait. I mean, okay, and then the coronavirus. Also, <laughs> stay the fuck away from me. Uh, this is all like my 20s, bro. I know. To be honest, because I, I didn't leave my room for about 10 years. So it's all um, flashbacks, and uh, I'm not PTSD. really liking it, if I'm going to be honest. So don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever your podcasts are being listened to. And follow us on Instagram at PressPlayAR. That's Press Play AR. This has been another episode of Press Play with Augie and Riz. I'm Augie. Hey, and I'm Riz. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.